All right, folks. So thanks for being here. This is Power BI Consultant Launchpad. And you're here for part two. Are there signs you would fail? And again, hopefully you will catch the part one live or in the recording. If not, you're still going to enjoy this. It's kind of a new episode. So yeah, different storyline. <laughs> All right. So let's, let's, um, I have some important things to talk about before we start. And this is perhaps the most important one. I want you to know that this event and our event community is a safe space. So no matter what you ask or say, you will always be treated with respect and care. And of course, we request that you do the same. Now, if you do have any issues or concern, do not hesitate in reaching out to us, emailing us, let us know. Now, the last time we did this part one, there were some intermittent issues and I would drop off and come back on. Now I've been told, by our internet company that they have been resolved. But just in case if I do disappear, I should be back on in a few seconds. So if that does happen, I apologize. But you know, and again, thank you. Thank you for your patience if it does happen. But hopefully everything will be great. So Zoom webinar, you got three controls over here. Uh, the Q&A is where you will post questions that you would like to be addressed by me. Now, usually I'm only able to get to Q&A at the end of the session, but uh, I do like to stay. I mean, last session, part one, we, we stayed here for three hours and 26 minutes. So I do love staying back to get to as many questions as I can. So I'll, I'll definitely be there for you. Now, one huge favor you can do, do us is that to upvote the questions. So if you see questions you like, upvote them because that really helps us in selecting the questions that are most relevant. Uh, for 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 you guys chat is where we're hanging out here most of you a lot of you have already found that so that is awesome that's where we're going to have the main discussion if i ask you a question then that's where i would love to see kind of your response and you can uh, generally i would say send your message to everyone um, but if you like you can also send a private message to host and panelists i actually don't see robert on yet but hopefully he should be jumping on and when I'm running the session, he's able to kind of talk to you guys, help you guys out. So let's, um, what else? Okay, there we go. So what I'd like you to do is just to make sure everybody has found the chat box is find the chat box, change it to everyone. And I know some of you have said hello already. Let's do it again. Just type in where you're joining us from. And hopefully you know me. I'm Avi. I'm based out of Seattle, <laughs> the backyard of Microsoft here. So let's see. Idris from Leicester, UK, Hamburg, Michigan, David. Carl Hooker is here. Hey, Carl, good to see you. Ali Mirza, of course, Warwickshire, England, South Africa, Amanda, Mega from New Jersey, Angela from London, UK, Natrajan from India, Joven from Munich, yay, DJ from New Orleans, Will, Fresno, California, AJ is from Toronto, Cleveland, go Browns, <laughs> maybe next year. All right, hey, Adriana from Portugal, Houston, Minnesota, Germany, France, awesome. Thank you, thank you, folks. And again, let's just take a moment to, to, to feel this connection. Right, and, and the oddity is that we, I, I shouldn't say we, but I sometimes do struggle with this, this, I feel alone, right? But we're never alone. We're, we're connected and we're certainly connected in this moment. This, this call, this Zoom webinar has brought us together, but not just that, the feeling, the emotion, the intention with which we are here, 
that also binds us together, right? This in the core, at, at the core, it's an intention to create a better life, a better us, a better you. And that is so powerful. So thank you for letting me feel that. And I hope you feel that as well. Thanks. Thanks so much. Thank you for everybody being here. All right. So let's. Um, so I, I like talking about this at the beginning just to make sure everybody's in the right place. So I'll say if you are in the right room, if you're uh, if you're currently a full time employee and looking to earn a side income or full time income as a Power BI consultant, or if you're already an independent consultant, but want to grow your business by leveraging Power BI. Now, so if you are in either of these, but, you know, maybe you have some doubts and questions. So, of course, this is the page that you signed up from. And those are the questions that we are going to address, right? So if you had that thought, had that pull, a tug in your heart, but maybe you're not sure if it's is it the right path for me, what steps do I need to take, where do I even start? So that's what we've been trying to address through this three-part series. And, of course, we did the part one. Today, we're going to continue with part two. And look into signs that uh, are there any signs you would fail? And you're not in the right room if you can't approach new things with an open mind. You have, have seen this quote before. I love this one. What got you here won't get you there. I mean, you want different results. You got to do something different. You got to be someone different, right? And um, I'm going to serve you with all of my ability during this event. Again, the first event, we stayed for three hours and 26 minutes. I'll stay as yeah as long as you're there. I'm here to serve you. I'm here to help you, guide you in your career, and move you towards your goal, right? Now, at the end of this event, I would extend an invite to continue your journey, if you choose, by joining my Power BI Consultant program. It does have limited spots, 20 spots only. At the end of the third part, we would share more information about the program, how it works, and again, extend an option to you to join the program with us. Now, so I just want to be fully transparent with you, but if that makes you feel uncomfortable, I'll, I would respect that, right? No hard feelings. Now, having said that, some of you have been asking more about that. So I just want to share that, uh, as I said, details about the program, the structure, duration, everything, investment required. We'll share that at the end of the part three. And again, I, I would put it there. So that way, I'm just focused on serving you in, this, in, in these sessions 100%, right? And then we can talk about that enrollment. Enrollment is going to open 24th. It's going to close on 31st. Now, it does have limited spots. So, of course, if the spots fill up, then it closes early. Uh, last few years, it has always closed early. But again, we'll share more information about that in part three. So that's why you're here. Why am I here? Well, I started my journey after leaving my job in Microsoft uh, as a Power BI consultant myself, then switched gears a little bit and started training people. But of course, what I discovered there was that I was hungry for more. I, I didn't want just my students to learn Power BI. I wanted them, wanted them to become a pro. I wanted them to get breakthrough success in career and life because I feel they go hand in hand, really. You know, I mean, can you really be successful if you're successful in your career and your life kind of sucks? Mm, I don't think so. They go hand in hand. How can we create that success, um, 360-degree success for our members and guide them there? And we're going to have another exciting drawing for a special prize. Congratulations to Emil Nepper for uh, winning the first prize raffle. So anybody who participated in the homework number two and submitted that on LinkedIn community would be entered for a drawing. 
And of course, as I said, we're going to be doing a Q&A and I'll stay uh, as long as you guys are willing to stay and asking questions. So that was important stuff. Let's dive into the topic for today, part two, or oh, actually not quite. <laughs> Let's just do a quick recap, because again, it's, it's important that we ground the lessons that we learned in part one. So we're just going to revisit them just to make sure we kind of grounded there. So again, remember the questions. These are the questions we're trying to answer for you. We're going to help you find the answer. <laughs> um, and that's really the right way to think about it. Right? I'm, I'm going to help you find the answer because really, yeah, I mean, it's, it's not like I'm giving you the answer. So this was one of those key questions. Is it the right path for me? And you know that game you play in high school or earlier, maybe, you know, she loves me, she loves me not. He loves me, he loves me not. And I think we there is an adult version of that game, <laughs> which is sillier, which is this, am I good enough? I'm not good enough. Am I good enough? I'm not good enough. And again, guys, I talked about this. We, we teach what we need to learn. And I teach this stuff not because, oh, I'm the expert at this, you know? No, I, I, I struggle with it too, right? So, so yeah, so we play that game. And that's where I see a lot of people stuck. We're just saying, is it the right path for me? Oh, but I'm not ready. I'm not good enough. I'm, I don't feel like an expert. I'm, I'm just a beginner. I'm just getting started, right? I don't know enough. I need to learn more, 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 more. And they're kind of stuck there. And of course, what we covered in part one is avoid the trap of working hard because that's the nine to five mindset that's going to keep you stuck there. That makes a great cog in the machine, but not if you're going the consultant route. And of course, this trap of learning ever more, which, which frankly stops you from even getting started. So this not good enoughness, I feel it, guys. Again, I, I trust me. I feel it even to this day. I mean, even this session, <laughs> God organizing this event, it comes up, it comes up. So it's there. But you got to change your perspective. So again, we keep looking up at the top of the pyramid and look, how can I get there? How can I get there? Instead, look down. There are people right there who you can help. And only you can help because you're within arm's reach. So reach out an arm to them and, and pull them up, help them. And that's the fastest way to get good enough, ironically, right? So if you stop focusing on the top and uh, uh, yeah. All right. So let's go. So when you're asking this question, is it the right path for me? That may be the question where you're stuck at, like, am I good enough? And we covered that in part one. But there is another thing which keeps people stuck right there. And so again, they, they have not even started, but they're saying, would I succeed or would I fail? That's going to be the heart of today's session, right? So just, just you know. So of course, another part we covered in part one was this idea of where should I start? And this, I feel, is the crucial first step that a lot of people either completely miss or mess up. So where should I start? I mean, if you ask me, <laughs> and again, I teach this stuff because I was like that, right? You know, cover your eyes and you kind of hope you hit something. And what you're doing is you're really scattering your time and energy and just, you know, kind of hoping something works. Well, wouldn't it be better? I mean, would you get better results if instead you focused your energy on a specific niche? Just, just like so many of our Power Consultant programs have been doing. And again, I talked about how we've used them as guinea pigs, <laughs> ran this giant experiment over many years. This, what, what works? And this works. And it makes sense. But it, and again, there's always that fear, that hesitation. Um, but that's why I'm here to help you. Right? 
So really, the, where should I start? The fastest and easiest way to become a successful Power BI consultant is to focus on a specific business niche and help and leverage Power BI to help them. So those are kind of the our building blocks that we got in part one. And now we're ready to dive into part two. Are there signs you would fail? So we're going to cover it in three sections. First, we're going to talk about what would make you fail? And I'm going to share the Larry Smith reason. And then what would make you fail? The Rinpoche lesson. And lastly, and this is, I'm super excited about this part because this is interactive. So frankly, sometimes I get tired of hearing my own voice. <laughs> God, right? I love, you know, I love talking to you guys. That's why I stay so long. That's why we spent three and a half hours in the last session. And of course, what we would do is, we would unmute you. You can turn your video on if, if, if you choose to. But yeah, we can have a conversation. So and the idea here is we'll, we'll answer your remaining questions and doubts around niche, but really by having some of you take a niche test drive. Take your niche and just test drive it with me. It's like, yeah, how would it work? How would the message be? Can I target it? Is it going to work? Is it going to not? Right. And again, uh, so yeah, that's, that's going to be the interactive part. Okay, so let's start with the first one, the Larry Smith reason. Now, I've shared some quotes with you. I'll share another one that uh, is dear to me. If you're in the river, you can't see the river. Now, hold on to this. We'll come back to it because it's time for some time travel again. We did it in part one. <laughs> this is going to be fun, too. So this, we're going to time travel back to the time when I was working at Microsoft. And, you know, Microsoft is not perfect as an employer. But in my experience, it's one of the best companies I've worked for. I, I really loved it. And I loved my job. I loved the company. I loved my job. But then I up and quit. <laughs> and the decision was not easy. And I want to share that story. And there are parts of that story I'm going to share today that I've never shared before. So here I was working at Microsoft. And again, I was, I was pretty happy. I really loved my job. I loved my manager. I loved my team. I was having a blast. And, and you know, a lot of you I know are in Power BI roles where you're doing great within your company. And that's, that was me. I mean, I found Power BI, you know, kind of lit up and I was having this big impact and I was showing up in my performance reviews and all this stuff as well. And, and, and just the feedback, just, you know, showing Power BI to some of your colleagues and new team and seeing their reaction. It's amazing. I love that. But there was this tug in my heart. I, this bigger dream that I ignored for a long time. It's like, no, nah, I mean, things are good, right? But the, the, it kept pulling me. And it's like, what if I could help more, right? What if, what if and of course, uh, in part one, I talked about this idea where, you know, I felt like my life was good enough. And I felt like I was being ungrateful by wanting more, you know, daring to aspire. Do we dare to aspire to be great, right? I mean, uh, yeah, yeah. So I, I kind of struggle with that. I'm like, come on, man. I mean, I came from kind of a middle class family in India and look at me, I'm so successful. And is it, isn't it greedy to want more? So I was struggling with all of that. But then I had a bit of a wake up call. And of course, in part one, I talked about the story. I met Nas Daly and he encouraged me to do this math. <laughs> and I was like, I was 40 years old 
And I did the math and I'm like, man, 50% of my life is over. And that was a wake up call for me. It's like, God, <laughs> what am I doing? What do I want to do with the rest of my life? What do I want it to mean? Do I, yeah, I mean, do I want it to matter? In which, in which way? What do I want to stand for? What do I believe in? And do I dare go for that? Or just settle? I mean, it is good enough, right? So after I, I thought long and hard, it was not an easy decision. But at the end, I decided not to leave Microsoft. I decided not to leave Microsoft because, guys, come on. I mean, it was just not the right decision to make, wouldn't you say? I mean, I have family, kids, and I had an obligation to my kids. And I couldn't be selfish. God, how selfish would that be? I mean, when I think about my dad, how many sacrifices he had made, right? Oh, man. I mean, yeah, how many sacrifices he had made? And 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 I'm, I'm going to, right, just say, oh, kids, some going for my dream. Good luck with your college, right? So it just did not make sense. It was not the right choice. So I decided not to leave Microsoft. Now, just as it happened, I um, I ran into this TED Talk. Any other fans of TED Talks here? <laughs> Let me know. Put in the chat. So I, I came across this one. And it's a really funny one. So the speaker, Larry Smith, he's a professor. He's really animated, really funny. And of course, the, the title is very provocative. It's like, why you will fail to have a great career. And he goes down this list of things and he's listing all the reasons you're going to fail. And I'm laughing my way through it, but my world kind of stopped when he got to number six. And that was because it felt like he was talking to me. So he gets to, all right, awesome. So Angela, Ali, Susan, big fan of Tech Talks. Yeah, I love them too. So he comes to reason six. And he says this, you are going to fail because you would make your kids your excuse for not pursuing your dreams. And I'm like, ouch. <laughs> but then he went on to say this, what if you do? How would you ever look them in the eye and tell them to pursue their dreams? And not just that, when life knocks them down, as it surely will, how would you tell them to get up and keep going? Because it's worth it. Your dreams are worth it. You are worth it. How do you do that? And man, that, that turned things around for me. So my excuse <laughs> for not leaving Microsoft, right? It's so, so logical, so rational. But now it became the reason for leaving Microsoft. And I will say that that's the part that I've enjoyed the most because not only has it given me the time and flexibility to spend more time with them, but the, really the, the bigger part that I enjoyed more is sharing my journey with them. I mean, kids, they don't, they don't listen to you. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's, at least once they're grown up enough, yeah, they don't, they don't really listen to you. Man, they see you. They see what you're doing. But more important than that, they see who you're being. And I think that's the best lesson we can give them. That's the best uh, inheritance they can have, right? So, so they have been a big reason for me and they have what is what drove me to that, to that decision. And not just that, they, they well, motivate me every single day. 
and and I do share all of my business stuff with them. <laughs> They've seen a lot of parts of this this, uh, this presentation. Uh, a lot of these topics I've talked with them in car rides before, uh, you know, kind of crystallizing it so that I'm able to talk to others. So if you think about it, we we do tend to have a lot of excuses, and I do too, right? So this is a classic one. I don't have I don't have enough time. I'm I'm too busy. But think about it. I mean. Shouldn't that be the motivation to then create a life where you do have time for things that are truly important to you? And of course, there's another one. I don't have money. I can't do it. I can't do it right now. But shouldn't that be your motivation to at least take some steps to move towards financial freedom? And of course, there are many more. But yeah, the Larry Smith reason is, is that Larry Smith lesson is that just take a look at the yeah buts that are coming up in your head and maybe maybe you got to turn it around right I mean maybe the excuses why you shouldn't or maybe the reasons why you should and of course our members have certainly proved this time and again I mean they have faced all the issues on that previous slide and more they've handled handled multiple jobs uh, they've sometimes struggle through health issues of their own or somebody in their family and their loved one. And they have turned that into reasons and motivation to create a life of freedom, a life by design. So this was uh, from a conversation I was having <laughs> with, um, I think one of her members in the Learn Power BI program. And they said, yeah, I'll be, you know, yeah, this stuff this is great. I love all the stuff that you talk about. In fact, I've been thinking about starting a business for the past 10 years. And... Well, I don't know what to say. I, I passed on uh, the wisdom my brother share with, shared with me. And I love this quote. Uh, the best time to plant a tree was 10 years ago. If you'd done that, well, it would be bearing fruits. But if not, well, today is a great day. <laughs> so yeah, you know, we keep waiting. So the Larry Smith reason. Yeah, you, and, and the risk here is we're talking about what would make you fail. You would fail if you never start or fully commit to yourself. And again, it seems obvious, seems almost cliched, yet this is what I see. This is where I see many people get stuck and stay stuck there. It's the very smooth reason. All right, I kind of want to check in, just make sure if I landed with everybody, just type in a Y or a yes, if that kind of makes sense. Yeah, David is talking about health benefits. That can be a tricky one. Great, great, great. Awesome. Thanks, folks. Thanks. Okay. So let's move on to the next one. You're going to love this. Oh, this is going to be so awesome. But we need to prep for it a little bit. All right. So we're going to take just three deep breaths. That's it. So, um, yeah, if you just follow along with me. I like to close my eyes. You don't have to. I also like to put a hand in my heart sometimes. So yeah, close your eyes if you like to, and then just take a deep breath. Breathe in and let it go. Breathe out. All right, one more. Deep breath in. And deep breath out. And for this last one, 
I want you to take a deep breath and breathe in what you want to feel. Is it confidence? Is it power? Is it love? Is it peace? Whatever it is, take a deep breath and breathe that in. And then breathe out whatever feeling you want to expel. If it's fear, insecurity, not good enoughness, comparisonitis, just breathe it out. All right. Thank you, folks. Thank you for doing that with me. And why did we do that? Because that is important for the next lesson we're going to cover. Now, remember this quote that I shared earlier, which was... Uh, in the river, you can't see the river. So the part one that I just covered, there were two lessons there. One was the Larry Smith thing. Great. But there was another one. Now think about this decision to leave Microsoft. Did you notice that how I was flowing one way and then the other? Right? I was like, oh, I, I can't leave Microsoft. Right? I was flowing this way. And then boosh, I got turned around. Right? And I was flowing the other way but I wasn't really in control, right? I mean, if you think about it, I got really lucky to have found that TED Talk. What if I hadn't? What then? Where would I be now? Where would I be today? Not here with you guys for sure, right? I wouldn't have the life that I have now. I wasn't really in control. I was just being swept up in this flow and I got lucky. And of course, <laughs> that was just one doubt. Right? That kids. Do you think there were not other fears, other doubts that kept coming up? Or maybe the same fear coming up again in different forms? Oh, trust me. There were many. So what do we do? <laughs> and you know, funnily enough, TED Talks have been really helpful for me. In fact, one day I want to record a series of TED Talks which have shaped my life. <laughs> but what is what are you supposed to do? Find a TED Talk for each fear and doubt that creeps up? And, you know, forget about me. What about you? What about the doubts coming up in your head right now or as we went through part one or part two? I, I can guarantee that there were these yeah buts. It's okay. It's okay. Right? I mean, we're human. This is, this is how it works. This is how this works. Is that there must have been you you saw that and said, you know what, Avi, good for you, man. You know, I'm I'm glad you got over that. But here's the thing. I mean, it's easy for you to say, but my situation is different. So of course everybody's situations are different. And and of course, we're kind of, you know, kind of stuck in that. We're our own prisoner in a way. And of course, the, you know, the whole uh, Nike just do it thing, it, it it doesn't work, folks. It doesn't work. I mean, who doesn't know that they need they need to exercise more, eat healthier? But just do it. If that worked, then everybody would do it. So, yeah, you got to pay attention to kind of what's going on in your head. What are these, yeah, buts? What are these questions that are coming up for you on this when you think about this Power Bay Consultant path? And again, they would always come up. There would always be new things. And again, or the same things would come up in new ways. The bigger lesson in my story there is when you are swept away in your thoughts and emotions, then you're in the river. And when you're in the river, you can't see it anymore. 
So I'm going to share this. This is which is called the master thought formula. And it's simple. It's obvious. But the first time I heard it, it blew my mind. And it's, again, really simple. You are not your thoughts. The first time I heard it, I was like, whoa, yeah. So the time I was beating myself up saying I'm, I'm not good enough, well, that didn't really mean that I'm not good enough. <laughs> that was just a thought. And of course, thoughts can change. So you're not your thoughts. You are the thinker of your thoughts. We're a level above. But we can't see it if we are in the river, right? You got to be not in the river to see the river. But when you do, it gives you a window. It gives you an opportunity. You are not your thoughts. You are the thinker of your thoughts. Therefore, you can choose the thoughts you think. And you guys, obvious, but think about it. I mean, I had just not lived my life that way. I was swept in the current, going this way, going that way. And I was like, wow, I can choose the thoughts that I think. And of course, that's important. Why? Because your thoughts create a reality. Thoughts lead to actions which create the results. So if you don't pay attention to this, what kind of reality can we create? In fact, one of my coaches says that Avi, your, your life, your business, your career is a reflection of you. <laughs> so you got to work on you. A better career starts with a better you. So by the way, a lot of this comes from Yonge Mingyur Rinpoche. And that's why uh, the title of the section was the Rinpoche lesson. Now, Yonge uh, uh, Mingyur Rinpoche is a Tibetan Buddhist monk with 60,000 plus hours of lifetime meditation. I'm like, take that, Malcolm Gladwell, right? So of course, Malcolm Gladwell popularized this idea of 10,000 hours <laughs> makes you an expert. Uh, yeah, so, you know, Yonge Mingyur and Poche is, is up there. Now, of course, I'm going to assume that you guys are not ready <laughs> to sign up for that quite yet. I think, yeah, 60,000 plus hours of meditation. So I'm going to give you the hack. So again, I, I like checking in. So guys, folks, did this kind of make sense? And, and would you like to hear the shortcut and not go the 60,000 plus, right? Just type in a Y and so forth. Oh, Amanda does know him. Yeah, I don't know. He, he is pretty famous. He is pretty famous. He's big on YouTube. That's where I found him. He's incredible. All right, great, great, great. So awesome, great. Maybe, yeah, that's good, that's good. You know, so <laughs> yeah, I, I talked about in the beginning, uh, stay with an open mind, yeah. So uh, maybe it's still a good answer. So uh, so this person is Shirzad Shamin. Another TED Talk, surprise. And I think what he has done, so he has his TED Talk, he has this best-selling book, Positive Intelligence. He has his website, positiveintelligence.com with a lot of resources there. And I think what he has done, he's taken some of the same concepts and he has really kind of put a lot of structure around it, which gives us that hack, which gives us that quick start, that really quick start. So the way he has structured this, this mind chatter that goes on, this, this river that we get swept up in, is that he, at the highest level, he breaks it down into this idea of the sage, this wise voice, right? And, and versus saboteur. And again, when you listen to that sage, sage voice, it feels different. It feels inspired. It feels like you're being pulled forward, right? So um, uh, yeah, it feels, it feels great. It doesn't draw down your energy. It energizes you. And versus sometimes when you're struggling with saboteur, you have to constantly push yourself. And again, 
I talk about willpower. Willpower is a finite resource. <laughs> and that's why a lot of New Year resolutions fails. And, and it just becomes a struggle. So the sage versus saboteur, he kind of categorizes that. Yeah, these are things inside you. Again, you are not your thoughts. You're the thinker of your thoughts. But now he's given that some structure. Okay, there's sage versus saboteur. But of course, his master stroke is that he then classifies into these different types. So the long list avoided, controller, hyperachiever, hyperrational, and all of those, right? So there's these different voices. They kind of talk in a different way. And my favorite part is that you don't have to kind of guess. He has this really fun quiz you can take uh, on his website where you, you just go through and it tells you, oh, these, these are your top saboteurs. So, hey, um, want to see my results? <laughs> all right, here we go. So this is... Uh, when I took the quiz, and we're going to zoom in on the top five. But really, guys, in this story, the, the one that's most important is this one. And, and once I saw my results, it's like I looked back at my life and it started fitting into place. So you can see I got a pretty high score on hyper-rational, 8.1. And when I look back at this decision... So again, I got lucky that time, right? I got lucky that time. But now that I'm, I have this master thought formula, I'm not my thoughts. I'm the thinker of my thoughts. Therefore, I can choose the thoughts I think, right? I have the sage saboteur. I can, I can look back and see the hyper-rational saboteur talking in my ear, just whispering. And, and, and yeah, just, just making very logical arguments, right? So it'll go, Avi, you know what, man? I, I get your dream. I'm so happy for you. Good for you, mate, to have that dream. But hey, look, it's just not logical. That just doesn't make sense. You got a mortgage, you got family, you got kids. You need to take care of them, right? I mean, come on, your dad, your dad did that for you. Wouldn't it be selfish to, to, to not kind of pay it forward to your kids? Uh, don't you love your kids, right? So it's it makes these really rational arguments, which you can't really argue against or seemingly can't argue, especially if you're swept in the river. Because again, that's not how I was perceiving it, right? That's, I was not perceiving it as, oh, that's my saboteur voice. That Those are the thoughts that are going on in my head. Hmm, can I choose to think different thoughts? Nope, not at all. I was swept away. And at that time, that was my entire reality, entire truth. So it consumed everything. That's the only lens through which I could see. So I sometimes think about it as the rainbow in the clouds, right? So the saboteur focuses on the clouds <laughs> and you only see that, but you miss seeing the rainbow. That's what it does to you. So that was, that's what it was doing, doing to me. Uh, so folks, if you haven't guessed it yet, this fun exercise is gonna be your homework number three. <laughs> so I'm gonna ask you to complete your saboteur assessment quiz. And again, it's a fun quiz and you get the results. It gives you your top uh, saboteurs, but then you can, it lets you explore. So you get to know about your top saboteurs. You get to know how that voice usually talks, like how it impedes your success and so forth. And it's and it's really cool. Um, what else? I was going to say one other thing. Um, oh, oh, one tip that Shirzah Shamin shares in his book is to name your saboteurs. That can be fun too. So you can say, oh, yeah, you know, yeah, Henry is here, you know, something like that. Right? So, <laughs> yeah. so I, I have named my saboteurs, but yeah, I wouldn't share it here. <laughs> So, yeah, yeah, that's Henry, you know. And, and again, the idea is not to resist it, but talk to it. We'll, we'll talk about that in a second as well. So, folks, that's going to be your homework number three. And, of course, after you complete that, I think it's going to be fun if you submit that to our event community. 
Um, again, as I talked, it's a safe space. So yeah, you, you, uh, you, know, uh, you can do that there. And what we would recommend is, and of course, when you share it, maybe if you had a moment like I did, where you say, yeah, when I look back, I can see, see that voice talking in my head through major events or major decisions and so forth. And, and I would definitely recommend kind of reading other posts for inspiration, of course, like, comment, connect. So that's going to be the homework number three. And yes, there's going to be a prize uh, raffle for that as well. We're going to do the homework number two prize raffle today later in that. So that, my friends, is the Rinpoche lesson, which is, yeah, you got to watch out for your inner saboteurs because your worst enemy may be you. You, you could be sabotaging your success. And again, if you get swept away in the river, you can't see the river. But knowing you're in a saboteur, just doing that assessment, that's the hack. You don't have to meditate for 10,000 or 60,000 plus hours. Gets you started on that journey. Now, there are next steps which help. This has been kind of my journey. So one thing which I hinted at, at that a little bit is that once you detect that inner saboteur voice, you need to have practice statements. So you need to practice it when you're calm, not when you're anxious, because then it wouldn't be. So when I'm calm, when I'm feeling happy, maybe when you get up, maybe you once you've, I don't know, come after the gym, I'm all, often almost very pumped up after I work out in the gym, right? So I'm feeling high, feeling positive. Then I'll write down the counter arguments for my life. And again, I'll say, well, yeah, there is some risk, but isn't it worth trying, right? I mean, what if I just give it one year? And of course, I was having a lot of panic about running this event. It's like, oh, again, the whole not good enough NAS comparisonitis. And my argument for that is, you've heard me say it, I love that, where I fixate on one person. So I say back to my hyper-rational saboteur, I was like, yeah, man, I get it. This might not work. This may be a bad idea. Maybe I'm not good enough. But isn't it worth trying? What if there is one person out there, just one person who, who I can help, who needs my help? Can I go find and help them? So again, right, so that's kind of my thing. So I come up with these arguments almost like a lawyer. Now, I will say that it's been a journey and I haven't been alone. Uh, so I had mentioned I've been part of, a, since I left Microsoft, or soon after, actually, I've been part of a digital entrepreneurs program where I have my coach, where I have my community. And of course, they've helped me in a big way. Because the challenge is that sometimes, you know, watching our inner saboteurs and being your own lawyer, it's like being inside the wine bottle and trying to re read the wine label. I mean, haven't you seen that for yourselves? I mean, sometimes your friend comes up with you with a problem, maybe a relationship problem, and it's so easy to counsel them. Like, yeah, you know, this, I see this is what's going on. Because again, we can be inside the wine bottle trying to read the label. So having a coaching community has helped me greatly. And of course, that's a big reason why coaching and community, those are key parts of the, the program that I've created, right? So, so again, having people around you, having a coach around you who can guide you, see you, uh, can help as well. So that, my friends, is the Rinpoche lesson. And just recap really quick. So first one, we talked about the Larry Smith reason, your excuses, maybe the reasons will stop you from fully committing to your path. So that that's, so again, what would make you fail? Well, if you don't don't start or don't fully commit, well, what are your chances? What does it do to your chances of success? And again, I see this as this cloud and rainbow. So the, you know, it's just focused on uh, the cloud, the excuses, but you're failing to see the rainbow and the inner saboteurs. Oh, shoot. Actually, I mixed up the cloud and rainbow. Sorry about that. But um, yeah. So this one, I see that as an anchor dragging behind you. And so when I look back in my life, 
if you don't resolve your inner saboteurs, if you if you don't realize that they are even there, then life always feels like there's this anchor dragging behind you. And again, that's why that's another reason why this working hard thing is questionable because I know I've done that where I would be, you know, kind of battling really hard, trying to roll really fast, but I have this huge anchor dragging behind me. How fast are you going to go? Or imagine you're trying to slam your foot on the accelerator, try to go fast, right? So we push, 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 but you haven't taken your foot off the brake. That's the inner saboteur. So guys, I had said this in part one. Where I said that, yeah, I hear people say this all the time. It's like, yeah, Avi, I know it's going to be hard, but I'm ready. Yay. It is going to be hard. That is true. But not the way you think. So we talked about this in part one. It is hard because you're going to have to let go of your limiting beliefs. You have to let go of the nine to five mindset before you let go of your nine to five job. And I had said that part two, the, the second reason why it's hard, we're going to cover today. And of course, what we talked about today was that you got you to gotta tackle the hidden enemy. And for good or bad, it's you, <laughs> right? It's your, your inner saboteurs, but you got to pay attention to that. All right, great. So we're ready for our third part. Again, niche test drive, and this is how it's going to work. Yeah. Okay, let me just read a quick few comments. Sarah is saying I suffered badly with imposter syndrome last year. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Sarah, we should we should trade notes on the TED Talks. God. Yeah. They've really influenced my life. I've been lucky. But again, at some point, I feel like think about it. These external inputs are helpful, but our thoughts are with us all the time. So yeah, if you can help yourself, I mean, that's the best help ever. But again, it, it comes with some some training. So TED Talks, coaching community, all of those things can help, but that's great. Um, awesome. So folks, um, uh, this is the third part, and this is how it's going to work. In a minute, I'm going to launch a poll. Let me make sure I did set it up. Yep, I did. Good, good, good. Proud of myself. <laughs> Last time I missed it. Where I'll ask you to uh, choose where you need help with niching down. So again, that we covered that in part one. That's the first and most important step that a lot of people completely miss or mess up. I don't want that to be you. So uh, I'm going to launch a poll and uh, you're going to be able to select if you have concerns about niching down, if there's, there's fear that's holding you back. Again, if you don't address it now, then you'll probably never get started, right? You'll, or, or right, I mean, completely miss the step. So if you have fears and concerns, like, yeah, and again, you can bring up the topics that we still talked about. So we talked about, oh, this fear of missing out on opportunities or something else. Oh, somebody else has already chosen that niche. How can I choose that? Whatever that concern is. Oh, this niche doesn't pay. Whatever that concern is, which is stopping you from even selecting something. Let's talk about that. Or maybe you're like, you know what, Avi, I get it, but I don't know which one to choose. Or you're like, yeah, I kind of chose it, but can you, can I bounce it off of you, Avi? Can, can you help me check if I'm choosing the right niche, if this is going to work, if I have it, if I have it right. And lastly, if you have any general question about niching down. Edita, thanks. Yeah, that's a great idea. All right. So, um, so once we do the poll, then we're going to select an audience member who needs help. And again, fully interactive. I want to talk to you. We would unmute you. We can discuss your questions, concern. You can turn on your webcam if you like. And and I would try to, 
I would try, try to really listen to you and learn about your specific situation and give you specific advice. We have covered, now again, folks, I mean, these general lessons we covered, they're important, but I want to understand your specific situation and guide you through that. Now, uh, for, for everybody else who would be listening, I want to say that it, this format is called Hot Seats, by the way. Uh, I have been part of that many, many times in my digital entrepreneur program. And if you stay open to learning, then I often learned a lot more by listening to others' questions than even my own. And of course, another great way to learn is to by contributing, by participating. So as we're having a discussion, if you have any thoughts, suggestions, or questions on that topic or for, for that person, then type it in, right? So that way, they're getting help, not just from me, for, for, but from this community as well. I love this idea of co-creating. And frankly, I'm trying to apply it in everything that I do is that, yeah, it shouldn't be just, you know, kind of one way. It's like, oh yeah, Avi is the expert and he's going to teach. No, let's, let's go create an event, go create an experience because the smartest person in this room, trust me, it's not me, uh, you know, but, but the phrase that, that, that I love is the smartest person in this room is a room itself. So can we go create something? So folks, that's what we're going to do. And again, we're going to try to repeat it as many times as we can. So that's, that's today's session. What's next is, of course, part three. Now, if you've gone with me with part one and part two, and again, so think about it, the parts that we covered stop you from ever getting started, right? Or you would never fully commit, and then what are your chances of success? Or you would bail out of it really quick, right? And, and you know, so there's this uh, statistic um, which says like, oh, these percentage of businesses fail in the first year. And uh, depending on the study you read, it can be like 70%, 80%, even 90%, right? But, hey, I've been through all of that. And if you ask me, I know the biggest reason why they fail is because they quit, they give up. I know because I came this close so many times. So again, that stuff is important, guys. Part one and two, that sets us up because otherwise, again, we're so focused on doing when before that, we need to focus on being. Who are we being? Who are we showing up as a human being for doing that task? Otherwise, you can, again, kind of grind away, but again, have that anchor dragging behind you or something, right? So if you've gone through part one and two, you're going to be ready for part three, which you're going to cover the good stuff. But again, it's good stuff only once you have sorted out part one and two. So there, we're going to give you the steps. Uh, so you're going to have all the ammunition you need to kind of take off from that point. Uh, uh, so, of course, later today uh, and at the end of the session, we're also going to do the prize drawing for homework number two. Um, and we're going to be sending an email about the homework number three. Um, actually, we might put a link to that in the in the chat as well. Um, actually, Robert, can you can you do that? Can you copy this link or type this in to everybody? Positiveintelligence.com slash saboteers. But again, guys, we'll, we'll send it to you in an email as well. Sure, sure. All right, thanks, man. All right, guys, so I'm going to launch this poll. And I would love for everybody to participate. And then we're going to pick folks from those who responded. And we'll, we'll unmute you. We'll do a Q&A. All right, love it, love it, love it.
So it's kind of exciting to see live. I'll share the results in a second. Wow. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Everybody who voted. We'll wait for a few more people. Okay, I think that's that's good enough. We're pretty close. But you know what? Just a few seconds more. Okay, we definitely have a clear winner. Okay, all right, awesome. Thanks, folks, for participating. Let's see. So this is what the result looked like. So I have concerns about niching down. I need some help in choosing a niche. That seems to be the big one, followed by I just want to check in if I'm choosing the right niche and maybe some general questions. Okay, great. So I'm going to take a screenshot of this just for myself. All right. Hey, Robert, can you confirm that people can still see my screen? Yes, we can. Okay, awesome. All right. So, so folks, let's actually switch gears a little bit. Sure. Okay. All right. So um, last time I was a little bit unorganized, <laughs> but we can do better this time. So great. So we have uh, we have this. So uh, let me see. So Almost there, guys. Oh, there we go. So our view screen is a bit out of focus. It's a bit blah. Mm, okay, that's... Not good. I'm not sure why that's happening. Any better now or not really? Not really. Maybe it will get better. Maybe internet connections. Okay, yeah, folks, let me see how you're seeing it. So um, what I would like to do... So we had a few folks. Let's start at one end, and then we'll work through that. So let's start with people who are stuck right at the start, where they can't even think about choosing a niche because they have some concerns about niching down. So anybody who voted for, I have concerns about niching down, uh, just type in uh, me, the word me, uh, in, in the chat box, and we'll pick one, one of you. Okay, let's do, yay. Oh wow, got a few names. Okay, I'll grab. I'll grab the first five at least. 
And again, folks, we, I will stay on. So it's not like we'll just take one question. We'll, uh, okay, we'll do it right? Okay, let's do it. All right, so Matush it is. Uh, Robert, if you can find Matush and, oh, I have to make you a co-host, hold on. Okay, uh, let me. Uh, and I'll, I'll promote Matush for now. I hope I'm saying your name right. Matush, you can connect me, uh, correct me if we get it wrong. Okay. All right, let's go back here. Hello, can you hear me? Yep, I can. Awesome. Perfect. Hi. So uh, you would like right now me to uh, describe my concern or, or how to approach this? Uh, well, uh, yeah, first of all, just uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Let's start there. Okay, so um, I'm Mateusz from, from Poland, from Rybnik. Uh, I'm, uh, let's say, working with BI for my whole uh, short life. Uh, so from the beginning, I'm a I'm big, big fan of it. And starting from high school, uh, my, my, my studies and everything and my whole wow. work. Uh, I work in an uh, automotive company. Mm -hmm. And uh, due to my, let's say, revolution in BI, which I was implementing in my in my company, and this company is you now this top top 500 companies in in US, uh, I became a business intelligence global manager. So basically, I'm the I, I'm responsible for global global BI. So that's cool. that, that's my thing, and you no know, power BI is my it's my passion. So that's. That, that, that's what I do for, for a living, and this gives me a lot of fun. Ah, loving it. Uh, yeah. Great. So, okay, cool. Uh, go ahead. What is, what is the question on your mind? Okay, so basically my, my concern about my, my niche is that, uh, you know, my, my niche currently is, uh, is automotive, working mm -hmm. uh, with, with everything, everything inside with the biggest focus on, uh, let's say, material management with, with finance, uh, all yeah. uh, HR topics, because I, I, I'm making things for, for all functions inside. And my biggest concern yeah. is that, in my agreement, uh, I, I got a written agreement that due to conflict of interest, I'm not allowed to make anything for any of other automotive companies. Uh, 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 <laughs> no, that, that's the thing. So the, my niche basically is, is closed for me. I got some, some other ideas, you know, due to, due to my hobbies. Uh, may, maybe there is some, some niche for me, but... But the the thing I know I know the best yeah. is that for me. Yeah. Okay. Hey, that's a good question. That's a great question. All right, folks. So, uh, well, Matush, first of all, man, 
congratulations. I'm so happy for you. <laughs> I mean, so the, the role that you described, uh, some of you may have heard me talk about this. So I, I, I call it the Power BI pioneer uh, role. And I think it's incredible. It's, it's this one person who kind of leads the organization Power BI. And what I like to say is that it, 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 it doesn't depend on the title. And, and of course, not just me. Simon Sinek, I'm a huge fan of him. He, he talks about that where leadership has nothing to do with your title. So uh, Yamatushi, love, love what you have done with your company. So um, what I'm thinking is, so um, have you, um, have you uh, gotten a chance to watch some of the bonus training on the event page? Mm, nope, uh, I, I saw them, but uh, did, did not launch them. So for sure, I will do this uh, <laughs> afterwards. <laughs> okay, okay, cool. And and the one that I would recommend is perhaps Greg Berg, and and I'll tell you why. So that's the first one on the top, so it's easy to find. Uh, so let's uh, pull up uh, Greg's uh, example. Uh, and, and what I would say is that really, if you can um, watch the video, and, and again, you can do extra speed if you need to, and watch the podcast. And depending on your player, you can do extra speed there if you need to as well. Uh, but that'll give you a lot of background. Here's why I feel that this we could be onto something. Because Greg Berg, he now focuses on specialty coffee. And his uh, his whole um, uh, you know the the presentation that you see is about, about specialty coffee and how he's working with them and of course on his LinkedIn profile you can see it's all about specialty coffee and this that right but if you look at his background uh, he was for a long time many many years he was in aerospace manufacturing and and actually let's see if I can bring up the Paran podcast so. The podcast, there is one part where he talks about, so I ask him, is that, um, yeah, this part I think is the most relevant for you, which I asked him, how did you get started in coffee and how was it experience of stepping into a new niche? And what he said was that it was new, but not new, which I love that idea because if you think about it, I mean, Power BI is a new tool, which is decades old because Microsoft kind of built it on the prior experience, right? SQL, Excel, and all that, and they kind of mashed it up, right? And maybe there's an opportunity for do something like that. So that's what Greg talks about. And he said, hey, um, coffee manufacturing, they have supply chain, while aerospace manufacturing definitely has supply chain. And he came in from a project management background. So of course he was project manager himself, and he started building Power BI reports to manage that projects. And, and especially coffee company has the projects too. So what I'm thinking is, uh, is, is that you can go for an industry which is similar in characteristics to automotive, but is not automotive. Maybe you have some ideas as well. Folks who are listening, if you have any ideas for, for Matush, uh, then type that in. It's like, oh yeah, that industry is probably closer to automotive. But, but Matush, I want to check in with you. How does that, how does that sound to you? Uh, as, as I, yeah, I was I was thinking, uh, you know, that maybe okay, uh, automotive uh, automotive niche for me is due to my uh, due to my work, due to things what I'm doing on a daily basis, and due to the uh, one of the um, uh, plants of this company was near my house, so that's that's why I'm in automotive and basically yeah. you know, automotive yeah. is not my 
not the thing I, I'm reading after my work, etc. Uh, and yeah. maybe I can hop into uh, into one of my one of my hobbies, one of my other passions, uh, which I, which I know a lot. For example, board games or things like this. So you no, know, maybe maybe there is other niche. We, we, yeah. Many uh, many. Uh, uh, many things on the market, uh, automotive, health industry, they they all got things in common. So it's it's not a not a big differences. Everywhere people works, uh, everywhere they they got finance. Yeah. So it it is not that not that far away. I think. Well, well that is true. Uh, so um, uh, tell me, tell me again. As you said, there are some hobbies and areas you're interested in yourself. N- yeah. Name those again. Sorry, I missed missed board, it. Board games. Board. Oh, okay. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I've had friends who kind of work in that. Yeah. Um, so what what I'll say is that I will still say that what you're saying is true. So guys, the 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 irony for this niche thing is if you, <laughs> the thing is that. At some level, data is data. And of course, uh, when I was consulting, I was consulting with a lot of different companies. And at some point, it, you realize that it's all kind of the same, which is true. But niching is still important because the messaging sticks. Messaging becomes magnetic. If you think about it, what I'm doing, do you think the lessons that I taught in this webinar, they don't apply to Anybody thinking about business, starting a business, becoming a consultant, leaving the nine to five, they do. Even a program, even the five steps that I'm going to cover in uh, part three, they kind of apply to everybody. And and between friends and family, I have helped yoga studio owners, artists, name them, right? But of course, that's not the messaging that I put out. Because when you dial down your messaging, it becomes more attractive. And of course, you guys are proof. Everybody has showed up for this one. If I was like, hey, I'm, uh, I'm going to teach you business well, for one, I'm competing with a million people out there. So, right, so by niching down, I cut out that competition. So, niching is important. Uh, so, yeah, so what you're saying is true. Everybody has finances and so forth, but I think it would still give you a huge advantage if, if you find something which is close to automotive. Because, again, think about the way, uh, think about sitting down with a prospective client and can you build that bridge for them? So when Greg sits down, he, he can say something like this. He can say, hey, man, yeah, uh, uh, well, yeah, I've been working. Uh, you know, so let's say when he started on day one, he had never worked with specialty coffee. So he's sitting down with a prospective client and he would say, uh, so he would, they would say, oh, have you worked in the coffee industry? And he'll say, well, I haven't specifically worked in the coffee industry. My background is in aerospace management, but I am aware of some of the issues you're struggling with. And, and you know, I, know, I know supply chain is an issue. I know employee turnover is an issue. And I have dealt with uh, uh, supply chain in quite detail in my prior company. This is the kind of stuff that I did, right? So can you build that bridge? So, and the, and the closer and more easier the bridge is, right? So if you imagine yourself having that conversation, and then if you imagine the client is going to go, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Let's go on. But the longer the bridge is, the more thinner and frail is going to be, right? I mean, so... So yeah, so it depends. So so if you pick finance, then yes, sure, uh, you, you can say that. You can say, yep, you know, I've handled finance in my company last year. So uh, does that does that kind of make sense uh, about the bridge idea? 
Yeah, yeah, this this totally makes sense uh, with with the idea uh, for a niche uh, by approaching uh, some of the companies and and offering them my uh, what what I can what I can do for them and about yeah. the thing with the board games I was thinking more like uh, I don't know running some uh, global report open for for everybody for every for every user so uh, get get a niche not by uh, getting money from uh, from let's say companies who who are producing uh, manufacturing board games but yeah. maybe you know create some kind of portal some kind of some kind of a way where uh, there will be some some statistics on embedded report basically uh, with with the data from from other places uh, where people will be i know searching some uh, yeah. some information maybe maybe something like this yeah yeah so so i'll say think about it yeah and it can yeah. be board games but again imagine the conversation you're going to have so imagine your ideal client you're sitting down with them maybe they're an executive in manufacturing board game and what's the conversation you're going to have with them um, I mean, if you're going to play it out, I would try to put both your automotive experience and your personal interest in there. Yeah, right. So you would say something like, yeah, man, I, I, you know, I, I love board games. I play with my family all the time. I've been really interested. And I, I have been using Power BI in my company to build reports, uh, blah, blah, something like that. And um, yeah, so, so I think that can work. But one thing that I noticed in the conversation um, I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to mention that too. Is, is, is that okay? It's a slightly different topic. Yeah. Okay. So what I noticed was, so again, when we are thinking about defining a niche and targeting a niche, we often think about solution and, and Hey, trust me, I, I do the same thing. And of course, a lot of our members, I'm kind of trying to guide them the same way as well. So a lot of them, as they go through the program, a lot, I hear something very similar to what you were saying is that, oh, I just need to build the Power BI dashboard and and, and all that. And, and that is great. I'm, I'm not saying that's, that's, that's not valuable. That is and can be very valuable. But before that, and maybe you have done that. And, and if you've done that, that's great. Before you think about solution, you got to think about the problems. And really, when I'm talking to a client, a potential client, I spend 80% of the time in the problem. And it may sound weird, but problems is where people live. They live in their problems. That's what occupies their mind. So you got to meet them where they are. Frankly, they're not in solution space. If they were, then they would have made that happen somehow. Right. I mean, you know, so so they're not there yet. So solutions are great, but not as as powerful as when you talk about the problem, because when you talk about the problem, they get it because they're right there. Right. So they also will say, um, um, uh, well, um, I I'll take an example of the Greg Berg and specialty coffee. Right. So um, so Greg Berg would sit down and say, hey, yeah, how's um, I mean, do you, do you have challenges? managing your daily roasting schedule because i know how complicated it can get with orders coming in and sometimes the late orders coming in and trying to do these different batches and all that and and, and and he can go on and on he can talk about it for five minutes right 
But of course, he knows already that this is one of the biggest problems, especially coffee. Managing a roasting schedule is complicated and there are lots of moving parts. He knows, he knows he's done his research and that's what funny. So when he's sitting down, he knows he's hitting a nerve and he knows even the reaction he's gonna get, he's gonna, right? So, and, and of course, Raul Jimenez, he works in warehouses. What he talks about is, um, uh, where is he? Here he is, right? He talks about, uh, well, yeah, I mean, have you guys, find it challenging to track your fast moving and slow moving items. And again, he already knows that that's one of the biggest problems that warehouses has, both of those ends. Yeah, so that, that's the main thing I'm doing right now here in my company, love exactly it. same thing. Love it, love it. But yeah, but if you're gonna step into board games and think about, so again, think about like, who are you sitting down with? Like manager, director, CEO, whoever, and think about what are the problems? What's keeping them up at night? Um, and again, guys, the bonus training is good because this is, you know, Greg Bear talks at length. You would get the insight into how these things work, how these guys are identifying their problems and working through them, helping the clients. Uh, so, so yeah, that's the other piece that I wanted to share is that, yep, build a dashboard. Frankly, I would say that's, you may, it may find it surprising, but that is optional. If you can understand the problem and talk to them, that is often enough. And you can just, I mean, you you don't need proof for a credibility. You can just show your existing reports you have. You don't really need uh, like a, a board game or manufacturing board game specific Power BI dashboard. You, you can show some samples of your existing work in automotive. Can it, clearly, I have Power BI skills, so that's proof. But of course, if you don't, don't obviously you're not gonna start there. Start with a problem, which which you think is the biggest one they have, and then talk about that. And then say, yeah, I think Power BI can solve that. I have done a lot of work in Power BI. Here are some samples, right? So, so that may not even be needed. So I'm all about hacking. I'm all about shortcut. Uh, so as, as members go through a program and I sometimes taking them, see them taking kind of the long approach and best as I can, I, I, I try to give them the short path. And, and I think one way to be is that instead of, uh, again, I mean, sometimes uh, people get carried away kind of building the solution, showcasing the solution, but um, start with the problem. All right, man. Hey, you're in a good spot. I'm excited for you. As I always say, if you help one company, you can help others. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah and, and you've definitely made, it seems like a great impact on your current company. So yeah. I'm, ho I'm hoping you move forward with this and yeah. you know, find find a way to make it work. Awesome. Thank you Thanks. very much. And, and I would like also to thank everybody uh, posting information on the chat. They are very valuable. For, so thank you very much, everybody. Love that. Love that. Yeah, I took my eyes off of that. And uh, I do see there are lots of comments here. So that's great. That's great. Let's see. All right, folks. So let's, so that was kind of the first bucket. Let's try it again for the second bucket. So, so if you need some help choosing your niche, just type in the word me in the chat box. And guys, we'll, we'll, we'll go around. So, okay. All right, I know a lot of you voted for this for the top vote. <laughs> okay, yeah, type in a me if you if you had voted for I need help choosing a niche. So we have Laura, we have Matthias, Paul. Okay, sorry, I was doing something else. So Paul Giovanni, 
Hey, Giovanni, good to have you here. Uh, Ramona. Okay, I think Catherine is here. Hey, Catherine, good to have you on. And I loved your comment on LinkedIn about the, uh, the person who followed up with you. It's kind of funny how, how valid can be to straight through the word. Oops. Sorry, guys. Messed up. Okay, I got the top five, I think. All right, Matthias. So Matthias, let's get you. Uh, Hello. Oh, there we go. Yay. How are you? Good. Just I don't like to be on the hot seat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> we can call it something else. <laughs> you know, okay. frankly, so uh, I sometimes talk about it, where, where I tell people that I'm an introvert, and they don't believe me. Like, oh, you're all over the internet. But then I say, look what I've done. I took my YouTube live, where I always felt a little uncomfortable, and I've changed it into essentially a one-on-one -on -one conversation. And I love this. Right. This is so much less. <laughs> yeah, this is this is so much easier for me because it just feels like I'm just talking to one person. So yeah, so you can think the same way. Like, all right, cool. So let's um, uh, actually, I was supposed to keep track of uh, where the oh, there we go. Okay. Oh, okay. All right, why don't you tell us a bit about yourself? Let's start there. I do work in the uh, in a sales department in the automotive industry. All right. Yep. What it's, yeah. Okay. Uh, yes, it is. But it's, uh, um, I'm not the same case as uh, Mateusz. It's different here. So I'm more on a oh, yeah, lower yeah, scale. It's, yep. <laughs> so. uh, uh, actually, I'm going to stop you there. So, you know, I, I, I shared that I struggle with this comparisonitis thing, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. So, You're right. So, <laughs> I'm so, good at what I do. Yes, I, I know yeah, that. Yeah. But so, uh, No, if you may, can I share a short yeah. story really quick? Yeah, is that okay? Please, please. So I was listening to this podcast and um, uh, it was Simon Sinek's podcast and he had a guest over and Simon Sinek was talking about appreciating the small things, right? The flower, I don't know, your, whatever, the way your child was sleeping, right? So he, he was talking about appreciating small things. And the host, I don't remember the host's name, but he, he called Simon out. And he said, they're not small things. They're just specific things, right? And, and Simon, you know, kind of took a step back and thinking, yeah, you're right. That's such a lovely way to look at it. Because is it small if it gives me a lot of joy, right? So it's not small, but it, it, it's just specific. So yeah, so we're not, um, I hate the term like small business owner and so forth because it just assumes that there's a hierarchy. Uh, I'm really happy with my small business in quotes, right? I mean, so yeah, you know, so so each has its place. So, okay, so, so yeah, so uh, yeah, tell us, so, so yeah, ca carry on. We definitely want to hear more from you and um, what's going on in your life. Yeah, carry on. 
Okay, and I'm specialized in planning and reporting, and I do this not my whole life, but quite yeah. some time. Yeah. And well, I'm good at it. Mm -hmm. Just can repeat that, but it's a very specific <laughs> environment. Yeah. And I, so Mateusz, seems to have no problem to to transfer to to other um, automotive companies, mm -hmm. and he's just hindered by the contractual um, mm -hmm. circumstances. Yeah. yeah, I don't feel the same. I feel completely mm. different. I have uh, mm -hmm. so I I wonder how I could transfer my very specific knowledge, my niche knowledge, in outside of my company. So. First of all, automotive industry, and I've—it's nothing. I've seen it also in the in others um, uh, in the LinkedIn yeah. group. So some people wrote down insurance. Yeah, I, I mean insurance is good, and if you have a knowledge there, that's great. But automotive industry, insurance, and whatever—they are big business, and big business—they hire. Uh, Ah, uh, yeah. They yeah, don't yeah. hire small people, <laughs> or yeah. one, or one, yeah, yeah. Uh, one man show. Yeah. So yeah, they hire <laughs> Accenture and yeah. McKinsey and so on. Yeah. And the next thing, yeah. uh, I'm in the planning and reporting area, mm -hmm. and again, there, there. So of course, in my specific environment, there are two. I know them. I'm good at with uh, dealing with them. Yeah. And uh, but they these tools are mostly not. Uh, this knowledge is not transferable. The transferable part is my my Excel knowledge. Uh, dealing with VBA, Power Query, and Power BI, and all that is where you yeah. said last time the unwinnable game. Yeah, and, yeah. Certainly, if you focus just on tech, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, but we, so these, I think we can find a path there. So, so hey, great. So, um, tell me, uh, when did you discover Power BI? Tell me a bit about your Power BI journey. What you've been able to do? Who you've been able to help? Yeah. Okay. So, 2017, I I I went into the. I heard about the new Excel stuff. So yeah, yeah. Rob Carley and this. Uh, oh, awesome. And it was really important for me because um, I lost a few headcounts in my in my group, and mm -hmm. so it was really a life uh, line for me. Yeah. And I made some courses there, and I learned also a, a bit on Power BI. Didn't really use a lot, yeah. But yeah. so from 2019 onwards, I, I think I'm, I'm quite invested in, in Power BI as well, yeah. So joined, for example, also your course in 2019. Mm -hmm. Nice. And, and do you do you enjoy yep. working in Power BI data? I do love it uh, either way in Excel and in Power BI. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So data, I, I love uh, working. I love working in data, mm -hmm. and I do like what I do in my company. It's not that I don't like it. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. All right. Really, hey, I, I'm going to ask a, a really odd question. But um, has it happened that sometimes when you're working in Power BI, you've forgotten to pee? You know, I, I know it happens to me. I'm like, I'm working away with something, and then I take a break or finish something. I'm like, oh my god, I got to pee. Has that has that happened to you? 
Well, yes, <laughs> I can get absorbed in into this uh, oh, love it, solving issues, and so yeah. Yeah, yeah. So guys, uh, uh, so by the way, uh, Matthias has passed the test. <laughs> so that is a test. <laughs> I should put that in a presentation. Yeah, but, like, yeah, okay. yeah. But by the way, so sorry, I'm gonna get a little bit geeky on here. Is uh, is um, the 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 phenomena is actually pretty incredible and scientists have spent decades now i think searching it uh, uh, researching it and it's called flow um yeah. and, and and the idea is that flow is the state where we feel our best and perform our best and of course that's why scientists are interested and companies are very interested because um uh, because the performance improvements are staggering a lot of studies suggest that performance improvements can be five times more productive. And, and the funny thing is, you know, we, we think that, oh, you know, that whole thing about we only use 10% of our brain, that is all bogus because in flow, when we get more productive and feel great, brain actually shuts down parts of the brain. It shuts down parts which monitors when we have to pee and it shuts down parts where we, which monitors time. And that's why sometimes when you're in a flow, you come out of flow and then not only you got to pee, but then you look at the clock and like, oh, wow, I've been working on it for so many hours. So, and and, and it's, it doesn't drain you, right? So, so yeah, yeah. So anyway, so that's a good test. You, you certainly experienced that. So yeah, man. So uh, cool. So let's- yep. uh, So yeah. I have this, especially in Power Query. I, mm -hmm. I love Power Query. Oh, and awesome. then yeah. working about the visuals to, to arrange them, to optimize them and so on. Yes, yeah. definitely. Oh, mm -hmm. Love yep. it, love it, love it. Great. So- um, so planning and reporting, what are the names of the tools that are used that you said are specific? Oh. Yep, I'm still here. So yeah, so we do have uh, two planning tools which are SAP centered, but uh, mm. so what well, in the end, in the end it's, uh, we, I'm working with a download, yeah, so. Yeah. Yeah. So we have to feed uh, these, but uh, in the end, I'm working with downloads. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But, but you know, so, uh, so, so for one, frankly, when I, as I was hearing a story, when you said specific, I mean, I love yeah. specific. So if you go through the LinkedIn comments, for some of them, I got really excited because they were specific. And I commented back to, so I noticed at least two individuals whose stories were really specific. Like one was mm -hmm. that, oh, I help a restaurant. And there was this one bar where they said that uh, the menu mix, right? And think about it. Like, I'm, so I'm not in the restaurant business, but I've gone there. So, so, but if somebody asked me to start a restaurant, I would have no idea what is the right menu mix. And maybe I'll come up with something. I'll say, you know what? Yeah, let's some appetizing, entrees and all so forth, right? Price points. But if somebody would say, is that the right menu mix? Is that, does that menu mix optimize or maximize your revenue? I would have no clue. So imagine this guy going in, he's saying, yeah, I help restaurants optimize their menu mix by studying and analyzing their sales data in Power BI. Now that is very specific. Yep. Uh, I love this one so, about so yeah. the, the menu. Yes, yeah, that's yeah, a but, good one. But here's the thing, that's why it caught my attention because in when it comes to niching down, the more specific and dialed in you get, the more awesome and attractive and magnetic it becomes. So mm -hmm. I, I heard you use specific a few times and and, for me, that's a great thing. But of course, uh, then I was trying to understand that why you don't quite see it the same way. So, so, um, so yeah. So, 
tell tell me well, like, I, I do so work for example sales department automotive uh, yep. so if we look at all, all the automotive companies in the world all the sales department everybody who does planning and reporting that is a big enough set right so i mean that is specific but not, set, yes. it's not, yep. not it's not it's not it's not like only your company does it right i mean if that was the case then yeah that would be tough so automotive sales aren't planning and reporting that's a big set and and it can't be that different so i want to i want to hear from you what why do you, it seems you see it differently you feel like oh that's too specific i'm not going to find another company like that what, why is that you think what yeah well i could change probably company but um the the issue is not really mm -hmm. hmm. so if i would yeah so let's say within the company within a different business unit also that would make sense but not going outside of the company so i don't see that that much so mm -hmm. they are definitely so they for example um with the production forecasts which we work which we depend heavily on that's yeah. something which is created not from me but i'm using it so it's yeah. completely no way that i could just take it out take it out and and use it somewhere else for example yeah so so wait i mean yeah i'm, I'm st i still need some help understanding why you feel what you're doing in, in that region, like, you know, so a sales department, automated planning and reporting, why does it only specific to your company? Um, yeah, I mean, so, so hey, here's the thing. If you built a report for your company, I mean, mm -hmm. you know, you can't take that report and just copy paste it for another company. That, that almost never happens, right? It can happen at a very mm -hmm. basic level to simple approach, right? So if I think about, if I've worked with 10 different sales teams or finance teams, every single report has been different. So, you know, we're not talking about that. I mean, obviously you can't take a report, but you can carry 80%. You can have, yeah, kind of a common starting point. If, if, and again, not if, even if not in terms of technical sense. So imagine if you walked into, um, yeah, maybe let's approach it from a different angle. Let's say you walk into a, a, a team, a, a sales department, um, uh, automotive company, sales department, and somebody, some person or some team who does planning and reporting. If you walk into that, would you have common language and things to talk about? Like, what would you say are the biggest challenges in planning and reporting uh, in your team? Yeah, let's talk about that. Let's, let's, uh, yeah, tell me what are the biggest challenges? What makes it hard? Yeah, it's related to the future. And nobody knows the future, that's for sure. So it's about uh, uh -huh. estimates. Yeah. And they can be wrong. And this, <laughs> and you will find out only uh, when when the next year comes. So yes. Ouch. So obviously these are estimates, and these estimates yeah. can go terribly wrong. And the well, we have. So it's about um, so I, I wouldn't I wouldn't have any problems I, I'd say to go into any in, in a, into another team and watch their 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 procedures, processes, tools, 
and and find myself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then and. Uh, what so? Let me say this. this. Yeah, I'm quite quite confident that I have quite a good tool set and and a knowledge available. <laughs> it, yes, mm -hmm. it seems to me like that, but I, but I think there is there is some block there because I I can see you kind of struggling with it. I can feel a little bit of the energy, where when uh, you know when you're imagining yourself that uh, going to a different department in the same company, you find it very easy, right? And again, in your mind, I, you I would say so. Yep. Right. If you visualize it, it's like, yeah, but you can totally see it. But I think there's something happening, which is not letting you visualize you walk into the other company. And, and, and again, I'll say that. So I don't know what it is. Maybe it's the wine bottle thing, like inside the wine bottle from outside. I'm like thinking, so again, you, you heard me say this line, right? If you, if you can help one company, you can help another. Like people, people ask me, it's like, oh, how do I find the first client? And I say, well, your company is your first client. You've, you've done the work for them. And now you just turn around and do it for others. So, uh, so um, I mean, I can totally see you sitting down at any company in this world who, who does automotive sales department planning and reporting and exactly what you said. And, and you know, hey, that was incredible, by the way, because I have lived that life too. And, and yeah, I mean, just that whole, so I'm going to repeat it to you and, and you, maybe you, you see how awesome that is, right? So, so why is this challenging? Why is planning and reporting challenging? It's challenging because nobody knows the future. Now we can't control that. So the best we do is estimates. So what's wrong with estimates? Well, estimates can go wrong. Well, yeah, and what's the risk there? Well, it's really risky if you don't have systems in place and you only find it find out about it when the next year comes. And by the way, what we just did is it, what's called a, a kind of a problem roller coaster. You saw how we how we kind of peeled the onion on the problem. We kind of went deeper, and you did that automatically. I mean, frankly, this is like an advanced thing that they teach us in in, in my entrepreneurs program, right? So so you talked about that. Well, yeah. The core problem is nobody knows the future. How do we tackle estimates? What's the problem with that? Well, they can go wrong. Well, what's the risk with that? Well, if you don't have system, right? So, so anyway, so, so, um, so yeah, so, so for me, like that's sounding like incredible. Right? That, that's, that's not that. Yeah, how is it sounding to you? So, so I don't know. Maybe hearing it back from me, is it making a little bit easier for you to visualize yourself sitting down? with a similar profile, automotive sales planning and reporting, but at a different company. Because as I said earlier, I mean, if you can help one company, you can help another. It's not like, it's not like they, they don't, like you would say all this and they would say, nope, we don't have this problem. Uh, yeah, tell, tell me that. I mean, is there anybody out there who's doing planning and reporting in sales and automotive where you walk in and talk about this, the way you described it to me, and they would say, oh, what are you talking about? You know, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. man. I mean, yeah. uh, so um, you can. So hey, you gotta. So again, it's a good thing if you're able to see these sticking points. It's a good thing where you can see these inner roadblocks because the worst thing is that we cannot be when we are not aware. But if you're not aware, you can definitely not solve and not get over it. Right? It, it just blocks it out. So we talk about beliefs quite a bit. But the thing is, why is it challenging to change our beliefs? Because we don't see our beliefs as beliefs. We see our beliefs as ultimate truths, right? It's like, Avi, what are you telling me? You know, I don't work hard to succeed, right? I mean, that is truth for us. And that's why we can't see past it. So you have constructed this 
belief, which looks like a truth to you. But again, maybe you can chip away at it. So what I would, what I would suggest is, is maybe, um, maybe see if you can, if you can just have some conversations with people uh, outside, in a different company. If you can connect with somebody on LinkedIn, God, maybe even in our LinkedIn group, I don't know, maybe even Matush, right? I mean, you know, and, and, and just talk to him, just show him, hey, here's the report. Do you, do you mind just taking a look at this, right? And just have this conversation. Um, maybe that would help. That, that's, uh, so, so, so yeah, so that inner stuff, it's not like you should ignore it, right? And, and, and then I'll say, oh, you know, Matthias, you shouldn't be thinking that. That's wrong. No, let's acknowledge it. But then let's let's see if we can sidestep around it. We can find a way. Can we chip chip it down and so forth? Is that is that kind of making sense? Yep. But um, well, there is one thing. I'm not overconfident by, personally, but I do know that I'm capable of. of Man, I don't know. Yeah, from what I've heard uh, from but you, I have no doubt. I, I, yep. I so I, I am stuff. quite confident on yeah. my knowledge and my experience, and uh, so I I would definitely work function in, in, in various uh, environments. Um, yeah. There is no doubt on that. Mm -hmm. Problem is, so would Goodyear, Denso, uh, Bosch, would they oh. ask me? Probably yeah. not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Love it, love it. So, so that is a great question too. And thankfully, I have tackled it. <laughs> <laughs> so so uh I'm, I'm happy about that so let me let me do this let me go back here and we'll switch over to another question this will be um uh, great yep. so this is a great question and i'm gonna do a new one here what is the time? There we go. So we we had a member who had so let me do this who had a similar situation and it said, Yep, the the sector that I'm in. They were, they were working with a specific tool in that sector. So imagine industry and then uh, plus some tool. Um, I mean, I don't remember what it was. It was a specific thing just for the industry, but um, it was not a cheap tool. It was an expensive tool. And that meant, you know, it was never be a small company. So you're saying, Avi, what you're saying makes sense, but not in my case, because I have this, yeah, these are only really big companies. Uh, and why would they hire me? Because they go for Accenture, McKinsey, and so forth. Now, so uh, we came up with two ideas or two thoughts. One is I shared my experience working at NASA, uh, working with NASA, consulting with NASA. Now, NASA is a pretty big deal. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> so... But it's not like the NASA's chief picked up the phone and called me. You know, <laughs> that didn't happen. What happened was they had a finance team there, and not even like the NASA finance team. Maybe some finance team and some project. I mean, obviously, big company 
big companies are always company of companies. I mean, I, I know my experience inside of Microsoft, like I was part of this group, which was 300 people strong. And we pretty much operated like our own company. We had our own finance, our own sales and all that sort of stuff, right? So big company is a company of companies. And, and yeah, the CEO or the chief of NASA didn't pick up the phone and call. The small finance team picked up and called. So, uh, so folks who we had talked about the, the real Power BI project, uh, do check it out. It, it is really exciting. Uh, this is something that we run for our, oops, that didn't come out as a link. Um, uh, actually goes here, I'll put it here. Where we, we try to bring in projects for members in our Power BI Consultant program. And one time I was foolish enough, well, not foolish, I was, I was trying to do the right thing, where I said that, oh, you know, we're going to target small business. And after that, we realized it was a huge mistake. Why? Because small business isn't what you think it is. By targeting only small business or, or using that word, thinking that word, we were excluding uh, small teams, basically. So there are a lot of small businesses inside big companies. So that is one thought. Uh, how does that sound so far? Do, do you, does that change the way you see things a little bit? Do you see a possibility? Not really. Well, I'm aware that yeah. so the NASA example is really good because so I'm working in a big industry, but in the end, it's a small department, not small, oh, but yeah. where, what I, I'm doing, it's not a big team or so. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's normal. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah. So you think about that person, visualize that person. So again, defining yeah. niche, that, I mean, defining niche is not something. So of course we start off at a simple point. The homework was fill in the blank, right? But hey, I've been running my business for years and I'm, I'm still defining my niche because in a way you're never done. It's an iterative process, right? So, but yeah. th this is some of the stuff that we do, which is, you know, you, you, you visualize a person. Sometimes I put a photo there, real, or maybe some like a sample photo. I give them a name. And then I think about what are the problems, what is it struggling with, that, right? So you imagine that and, and, and you reach out to that person. And imagine if you got a chance to have coffee with that person. <laughs> well, it's COVID time, so I don't know, maybe a Zoom call would suffice or something, right? And then you had this conversation, talk about that. Well, I would say they would be very interested in working with you. And, and yeah, you know, so, 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 so yeah, so, so cool. So I, I, it seems like it did shift your perception a little bit. Uh, are you it's it's yeah. that I never have experienced this in in the company I work. Never that there was a small small company coming in and doing. Yeah, but it happens. Uh, it, it happens all the time. Yeah, I mean, if you look at list of my companies, yeah, and most of my okay. contact was. I mean, so the thing is, if you get down to it, people do business with people. <laughs> right, even the big ones from the from the distance, it seems like oh, Accenture came in, but man, you sit through them. I mean, they obviously they're bigger, so they operate differently, but they have salespeople who would sit down with somebody. So in your case, it's the whatever planning and reporting manager. They may sit down with CEO, but but it's the same thing. It's the same interaction. People do business with people, uh, right? So you gotta focus on that so so you got to focus on what do people need right and and one way 
to really get in their head is, is again, if you understand the problem, if you can articulate it, right? You can say, yeah, you know, uh, the department I was in, well, you know, we had the usual challenges. I mean, you know, we would do the planning forecasting, but it can be a risky. Again, the, the whole pitch that he gave was brilliant, right? So, so again, if you sit down, so, so, um, so, so yeah, maybe you haven't seen that as an example, but that's why I would encourage you to, I don't know, I would say even binge watch uh, the, uh, the bonus trainings because there is so much inspiration there, I feel. Um, so I, I have a daughter and I, and I talk to her about, uh, you know, you have a child and if they ask you that, um, you, you know, you, you imagine me telling her, oh, you can be anything you want. And she says, oh, dad, can I be the president? Well, I'll, I'll have to pause because, you know, almost all the presidents here, there's been no female president in the U.S. And uh, almost all of them have been uh, white Caucasian males, right? So, well, Caucasian males, right? So, uh, you know, exception of Barack Obama, of course. So, so yeah, there's, there's no role model that they, look, they can look up to. So, so sometimes if we lack that role model in our life, it's hard to imagine that life or and even forget about taking steps. I'll, I'll, so, so I'm gonna I'm gonna share a little bit of a story from my own perspective, a uh, little tangent, but hopefully it'll help. So for me, I often struggled in the corporate career because, it, yeah, because the, the only thing that I saw around me was that you work, 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 and you your only goal is to get promoted up, and and if not, you're a failure and. Um, that was the life. So I was at Microsoft and Microsoft has this levels thing. So if you were level 60, your whole life cons was consumed by this thought of how do I get to level 61? And of course, once you got to level 61, it was consumed by the, how do you get to 62? And I'm not saying that's good or bad, but that was what I was surrounded with. And I couldn't look past it. I just couldn't, I, I, I didn't know there, there was nothing outside of it. I didn't even, I couldn't even conceive it. But of course, I've been lucky that since I left it, it took me a bit of a struggle. So first, I found this entrepreneur's program, which was great. They taught me a lot of lessons. But in that program, I got the same version of six, level 60, 61, 62. Because in that group, they were like, oh, 100,000, oh, 300,000, 500,000, million, 3 million, 10 million. And, 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 and I don't know. I mean, it was, it was a little weird for me. Till I found this book and a community of such people, Company of One. So I'm going to put a link to that, guys, because this is this 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 changed my life. So again, I'm not saying this is good or bad, uh, but this is more aligned with me. But until I ran into this, I couldn't conceive it. So Company of One shocked me because there were these people who were questioning growth for growth's sake. Like there's the one guy who talks about. And he says the simple line, he said, if you earn a million dollars in a year, you realize you have to spend $3,000 per day to, per day to, to, uh, to spend it. And, and, you know, so I, I don't, I, that, that is not me. I mean, I want a life of complete freedom, right? So I talk about uh, freedom to work on what I want, freedom to work uh, with people that I enjoy working with, freedom to work where I want, when I want, right? I'm in India, I'm here, I'm hiking and so forth right so and 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 yeah so i don't so so again i'm not i'm not i'm not get, going for money is a good thing what i'm trying to say is that it, is that sometimes it helps to have role models 
people you can see and just go, oh, wow, you can do that. So yeah, so I, I get it that in your current environment, you haven't seen those examples, but my friend, they're out there. And I think if you watch some of these, you, you will see that, yep. I mean, every single one of them is, is a one person company pretty much. And uh, yeah, they, they're, I mean, like I, I know Andrea Lee works with really large nonprofits. Uh, Greg Berg is working with a big enough company. Yeah, Rakesh Suki's. So uh, Rakesh Suki had a brilliant story. He walked into a company, which was um, not a billion dollar company. It was a billion rand company, but that I'm assuming is still big enough. He walks into this billion rand company, South African currency, and he was surprised, shocked even, about how <laughs> how much they needed Power BI. Let's just say that, right? And yeah, and I see that all the time, right? So even walking to Microsoft, I thought Microsoft was going to be perfect. Far from it. They, You know, when you were talking about this story, uh, I was kind of laughing inside. Uh, actually, that was, um, was that your story where, um, oh, yeah, yeah. You would find out when the next year comes. This was not far from the truth at Microsoft because their January data got into our warehouses in February, but then it only showed up in March. So, so maybe not in year, you know, that all that kind of stuff. And we took Power BI and we changed a two-month delay to we changed it to a daily reporting. All right, cool. I've talked enough. But um, but yeah, so does that does that uh, the, the core idea is simple. Is that yeah, see if you can find role models, other examples around you. If you don't see it in your life, see if you can uh, be inspired by others. Does does that does that sound like a good step? You think? Yeah. Okay. Good. All and right. I hope right. that it was also valuable for for someone else, not just for me. <laughs> Thanks. I hope for the so, others. And, we we took some I, time here. Yeah, I know. I know. So uh, because. Um, yeah, I've, I've seen that. We all kind of st seem to struggle with similar kind of issues. So yeah, hey, great question. Love that, love that. Thanks so much. Okay, thanks a lot. All right, great. Ooh, all right, guys, that was incredible. Yo, we got a two for it. Buy one, get one free. <laughs> we had two great questions from Matthias. Uh, hope you enjoy that. Oh, look at that. Pavel, Esakim, Amanda, Ramona enjoyed it. Great. So, um, so hey, since this was the the, should we go down? I just want to check. Uh, let's let's let's. I'm just going to spin this thing again, especially since I have the names already. Okay, great. Okay, so this was our our, our top question. So, all right. Let's see if Ramona is on. Uh, Robert, if you can help me with that, uh, actually see if you can promote her to panelist. And hey, Robert, I know it, it gets late for you as well. So if you do need to drop, um, you know, yeah, I don't want to keep you too long. Okay, uh, Ramona, see if you can unmute yourself. And if you can turn on your webcam. That's a bonus. Um, ooh, ooh. Oh, God, sorry, sorry. I should, I, I pressed the button. You have to do it again. Ah, oh, there we go. Hi, Javi. Hey, how are you? Good to see you. 
I'm doing great. You know, I really do enjoy just being a part of this all together because this is the first time I ever did anything like this. And so it's like I'm a newcomer learning everything for the first time. And it is just exciting. Oh, and, you know, and that is right. I mean, that is such an exciting place to be. Um, um, Yeah, I I, I hope uh, more people saw things that way, because often when I talk to new members in my Learn Power BI program, they kind of like, Oh, Javi, I'm just starting out. And I'm like, come on. I mean, she's like, yay, I'm starting out and I'm ready to explore. So yeah, great, great attitude. Love that. Yes. Um, terrific. So so tell, tell uh, so I know a little bit about you, but yeah, tell, tell the audience a little bit about yourself. Let's start there. Okay. Well, basically, like I'm a I'm a um, I'm six of uh, seven uh, siblings, and uh, basically what I've done is I've always been into working with computers. Mm-hmm. I've always loved data. And yeah. I started off, I mean, just because I went into a lot of uh, obstacles is what it yeah. was. I mean, the first time I wanted, they had a computer, but they wouldn't allow, they, I was in a where I was working in a warehouse, uh, working mm-hmm. for a company where we made beverages. Right. And they had a computer system, but they also allowed their people to learn how to computer, you know, how to use computers, but they didn't want us to learn it. And <laughs> I was determined I was going to learn it. So I actually got a um, thing in the mail from Micro Center. It's a it's a is a where not is a retail facility where they sell computers and stuff. And so I was actually taking computer classes, and I didn't even have a computer. That's how much I was determined to learn how to do that. And then once I learned it and got a computer, I actually used the software. I was learning how to use Word, and I actually we built a a a document for packing for packaging. We had a mm-hmm. we had a packaging uh, document that we used, but I thought it was not very relevant. And it didn't capture all the data necessary to make sure that we were actually tracking to make sure that materials that was the product was going in material was adequate. So I did that. And then I ended up at a job with Chick-fil-A. And the boss there just assumed that because I came from a warehouse that I didn't have a Mm. computer. (laughs) again. But this time I decided I needed an opportunity. So we had a, he had, I was actually auditing chicken. That's what I was doing. That was my job description was to go out to all of our stores or to the restaurants and audit product to make sure because the issue was the operators were complaining about the fact that the product that they were getting from the suppliers was not adequate. Mm-hmm. So I was there to audit the product. And so it happens that when I was doing nuggets, and there's a lot of nuggets in a box, okay, like over a thousand. At the time, I was didn't know that, but that was based on the spec. So the operator asked me how many nuggets were in a case. Well, not to not knowing, you know, I didn't really know. So I was determined I was going to do that. And that yeah. was where it all got started, because what happened mm-hmm. is this. I decided, I said, okay, I want to show my boss that I am I am computer literate, but I also know how to use Excel because at the time I did have Excel. So yeah, I yeah. actually built a, a table and also built a graph. And what it found out is this, <laughs> you know, when I showed it to him, I, I didn't realize this, but all of the nuggets that I audited out of the cases, we had over less than 1,132 nuggets. That's a lot of nuggets to audit, you know, to weigh yeah. each and every one of them. But I did that. I was determined I wanted to show something. So I presented it to my manager and he was like, oh, the first page, he think, oh, this is great. You know, you got a table here. He think I either use a typewriter or a word processor. OK, uh-huh. it wasn't until he flipped to the second page and saw it was a graph, knowing that's not the possibility of using a table, a, a yeah. typewriter or, or a processor. <laughs> But what he saw was that what the target was, was 111 and 60, 62 nuggets in a, in a case out of 32 pound box. And he realized that that was an issue. 
And at the time, I didn't realize that, but I knew something wasn't right because it's like we're you're selling product. You're trying to make a a basically um, make, you know, present it to the fact that this is what we're what, what we're grossing because they mm-hmm. have a production. They have a purchasing department that based on the sales, based on the product, amount of product is sold. So even though we sell Chick-fil-A sells by the weight, they actually what they sell by the pieces, but they actually weigh the product to sell it. So if your nugget counts are not correct, then everything throws it out. And he didn't realize that. So what he did was he actually changed the actual art, the counts. But at the same time, he wanted me to go out there and train all of the suppliers. I had to put together a spreadsheet for them. And then also, I didn't know much. I had a cue book, you know, the cue books that they had back in the day, as you could look to say, the old school. Yeah. I had that book and I actually was able to use programming. I actually did this all off a book, figured it out. You know how you say you have to fail before you can mm-hmm. succeed. And I did all that. And so yeah. that's what got me there. And then as I grew into it, we had a person that wanted to do a database system. But this individual, she was a DBA, but she decided not to complete it. But me, I didn't know anything about that. So the gist of it is that everything that I've learned is from trial and error. But the whole process is, what can I do to make our system better? What can I do to help the the companies to succeed and be successful and to grow? Because everything is based on the name. It's even with at Home Depot, the same situation there. It's like yeah. when I found out to be a, a, a sales specialist, uh-huh. I looked at the data. I said, okay, what am I doing to increase my sales? And I know one of the things is I learned how to be more of a uh, customer-oriented individual. When the customers come in, I know you talk about that slimy salesperson, which I am not. <laughs> okay, My gist is to make sure that you get what you're needing. Mm-hmm. And I let customers know the pros and cons of everything that they get so that what they purchase is what they really need. Love and that. so my objective is to do the very best I can because I'm all about helping people like you. I see that's why I, I just love listening to you because that's one of you. I think that's one of your niche right there is your yeah. willingness to help others succeed. And that's the same thing with me. But I know that I get to a certain point where I've exceeded my level of expertise in that area and i know there's something else out there and that's why i end up joining yeah Yeah. that's why i started power bi in 2013 with tail you know when i first went then it was like wow i'm around these individuals that yeah but let's uh let's yeah fast forward a bit and and yeah so tell us kind of where you're right now and what's the question you're struggling with around the niche well the question i'm struggling with the niche is where do i Begin because I know I have experience in retail and I also have experience in manufacturing. Yeah. And it's like figuring out now. I know in manufacturing is more like production performance. And in retail, I think it's more of customer service. How can we increase our customer service base in yeah. terms of making satisfaction, you know, satisfying the customers? So yeah. those are the two things I'm because I have experience in both. Yeah. And I'm thinking when you were talking Love with the that. other two uh people before yeah. me. You know, I'm thinking that's what my main need to be focused on, something that I'm already doing that you said that you're knowledgeable in and use it in the other area. Yeah, great, great, great. So, um, yeah, let's uh, uh, so let me cue that up on the display here. All right. So, um, so let me see. 
Okay, so, um, yeah, hey, by the way, love that story. Hey, who else, uh, you know, type, type something in the chat. Love that story. God, that that is incredible. The, the Chick-fil-A one, Nuggets, auditing, all of it. And I loved, uh, you know, of course, what you shared initially, kind of the attitude about, hey, I'm just getting started. And that's such an exciting place to be. And, and yeah, mm -hmm. just being excited about it. But I also picked up how you said, you know, kind of learn kind of, and again, you know, we definitely have a connection because those are the things I believe in. You know, she said, oh, mm -hmm. trial and error. I just say it differently. I say learn by doing, which is what you're doing. And of course, I talk about just don't we get so obsessed with ourselves, right? That in a way, right. if you think about it, the not good enoughness, it's a, an act of complete selfishness because it's totally right. centered towards me, 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 me. But yeah, guys, just give it a break, right? And just, you know, others. So, so yeah, if you turn it around, so I love that. And I heard that from you as well. So you have experience in retail and manufacturing. So I'm going to give you a, 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 a one structure that we use to help. Great. Uh, so what I say is that you draw kind of a graph and on one side, you put in um, um, either your interest, like how interested are you or your uh -huh. experience. And on the other side, you're going to do, well, really, how how awesome could it be? What's what, what do you think are the opportunities there? Right. I mean, you know, uh -huh. you can. Yeah. So so that's, that's, that's you start there and uh -huh. then you just see where those things end up. So, of course, you can use it for even if you had like four or five different areas that you had worked in, you could you could put them all there. So, of course, you you know, you kind of put things where they lie. It's like, oh, yeah, you know, this is, this one is here. And okay. then you can focus on the top quadrant. Gotcha. Where you have have more experience or more interest and it okay. seems to have a, a good, good opportunities. Okay, great. And then pick there. So, and again, so if you, if you put these two on a map like this, and of course with two, you don't have to do a map, but maybe it would help. But, um, but right. So, so yeah. So if I may ask you, uh, I don't know, which one would you say you have more experience or interest? Which field is that? You know, I had more interest in manufacturing than I did anything else because really? I like seeing things. I mean, I actually yeah. let you know, I went to a chicken plant. OK, that's why mm -hmm. I had to go. And to yeah. see that whole operation and how the process is done to me, it was just blew my mind away. Yeah. OK, so that I think would probably be my probably niche would be that because that's where I worked most of it. But it just I just gravitated to it. And I just. Yeah. You know, and people's coming, the manufacturing companies would call me and mm -hmm. ask me questions and stuff like that. Hold on a second. Yeah, no worries. Yeah. All right. Apologize for that. But anyway, that is where I got my niche from. That's where I actually, remember we were talking about that flow? I yeah. just flowed yeah. with it. And it just oh, connected. And it's like, it just came natural. It's like a, like a it, talent or something, like a gift. Yeah. You know? And hey, it, the, the funny thing is that that's how life is supposed to feel. But, gotcha. you know, it, that gets beaten out of us in school. And again, think about, think about, you know, we were talking beliefs earlier. So I was talking to my daughter and it was like, how do you get your beliefs? There are two ways. One is that by thinking a thought over and over again. 
Right. But that's the tip of the iceberg. Most of her beliefs are kind of planted in her head subliminally just because it's all around us. So think right. about our education system and everything we hear from our parents, neighbors, the good, well-meaning uncles, aunts, grandmas, right? They somehow seem that life is supposed to be a struggle. You struggle right. and then you get a reward. But man, I've played that game, right? <laughs> you know, gotcha. I'm not so, right? Because, you know, when you're in school, like struggle, 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 get to college, call, right? And that seems like the finish line, but the finish line always moves. Right. And, and I don't understand. And I'm not saying that... It, it, yeah, so somebody said that I'm not questioning that model, but what I'm questioning is that that's the only model to live. There right. are other model patterns. And one that I kind of discovered accidentally is this, exactly what you're talking about, is that life can feel like this, where you can feel in flow, it feels aligned, it feels like something is pulling you. So it's not right. draining, it's not exhausting. In fact, it's energizing. Right? Right. I would come, you know, so yeah, all of that. So, so great. Love it. Love it. Love it. So manufacturing production performance, I would say, yeah, that seems to be coming up for you. Sometimes the intuitive answer is the best. Mm-hmm. I would say focus on that. And of course we will talk will. about the next steps um, uh, in, in the part three. And of course I talk about this stuff all the time. So I'm a huge believer in this idea of uh, don't just do good work, share great stories. I, I feel exactly. like in this day and age, you can't just, you know, it's, those days are gone. You're like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to put my head down, work really hard, and I'm going to w- let my work speak for itself. Uh, I mean, it's that's just, just risky, I think. I think there's just a better, smarter way to do things. Right. And that's why I'm, that's why I'm you know, being a part of this, because that's what I want to do. I mean, for a long time, really, to be honest, frankly, I never had anybody to actually talk to me like you're talking to me now. It was all be yeah. doing this and that. I was always at negativity and no positive. Oh. So it's like people were yeah. telling me what I couldn't do versus what I, I could do. And I'm always having oh. to show I could do this. So it's just got yeah. the reverse. Oh, Ramona, I mean, I man, there, there, there's stuff wrong <laughs> with this world because, and again, yeah. you know, so, um, uh, so sometimes I, I contrast between the employee and consultant and, and I think about the things that I miss, you know, mm-hmm. and yeah, there's some things I do like oddly enough, I miss the drive back and forth because that let me listen to my favorite podcasts uh, right. But one thing I definitely don't miss are the bloody performance reviews. Right. Such, I mean, because, you know, no matter if you put your life on the line, right, there, there's 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 going to have that conversation. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then there's going to be. Yeah, but then there's going to be areas right. of improvement. And and, all, yes. and it's like, God, give me a break. Right. So it's, <laughs> exactly. it's, it's, it's yeah. Yeah. So, so again, right. If you think about it, where does this shit come, come to us? It's not good enoughness because it gets beaten down as forced down and throws every single time. Right. I mean, right. Yeah, yeah, man, good work, but not good enough. Like, oh, right. Oh God, right? So, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's, yeah. that's what I'm, that's what I'm going through constantly. Yeah. It's like, you don't do this, you don't do that. But at the same time, people can tell you what your mistakes are, but they're yeah. not willing to show you how to correct them. So I've got to sit there yeah. and figure it out. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, at the end of it, and again, the, this whole thing about running my business, starting my business and so forth, it's been an internal journey for me as much or even more than external. And, and at the end of it, I feel like the ultimate question is that what do you believe is a stronger force in this universe? Is it mm-hmm. love or is it hate, right? 
Because, man, I've run my life with hate. One, it's exhausting to go through it, right? Because, again, yeah, like, think about it. We're always being driven by this negative emotion, this lack, this, this void that we need to fill. It's, oh, I need to, I'm not good enough. I need, to, I need to learn more so that I get good enough. I need to work hard so I can prove to right. them that I'm good enough, right? Right. And, and, man, you can be led by love, right? And you can be – and, again, children teach us so much. I mean, you look at them True. and they're curious, right? What, what if you approach the world like this? Like, man, I have no idea – if it's going to work or not, if it's going to succeed or fail, but wouldn't it be so much fun to try? Oh, right. exactly. So, yeah, all of that, all of that. So, yeah. Exactly. So um, there was a study that they did. So, it, and, and I would assume, not that I've been part of it, but think about the coaching programs in schools for sports. And I think this case was football. And okay. generally the way it works is that, you know, they play a game and then late in the evening or whatever the next day, they huddle with the team and they look at the film right? They look at the recording of the game. Right. And I would assume, at least in this study as well, and maybe all, a lot of coaches do that, is that they pointed out all the problems. Correct. You missed this tackle. You missed this catch. You need to go right. You, you did this wrong. You did that wrong. And in the study, what they did was they flipped it and they said, mm-hmm. tell them what they did right. Right. And the performance improved, right? Far better. Right. right. So, so makes sense. Yeah. Right. I mean, what do you want to be driven by love or hate? Right. So, so another line that I use is that I say, if you don't leave a job because you hate it, right. Don't be driven by that emotion because I do meet, talk to those people and they're like, Oh yeah, man, I, I want to quit it. I'm done with it. The politics and bullshit. I'm, I'm done. And <laughs> exactly. I'm like, that's, that's risky. And you may not realize why. Mm-hmm. And it's risky because if you're driven by hate, but guess what? Hate begets hate. So if right. you're driven by anger, anger begets anger. Right. If you're angry with your colleagues right now, you probably or most likely are going to find something to be angry about your clients. Right. So it's, right. it's, it's not that. Right. So instead, what if we thank them? Say, hey, thank you for showing me what I don't want. I mean, think about it. I mean, you know, if you didn't go through okay. that experience, maybe you wouldn't even know, right? right. Now, I, now I know. Now I know that I don't mm. want to be chained to a desk nine to five. That's just not me. If other right. people like it, good for them, right? So so again, be thankful, but, you know, don't, don't be led by hate. All right. Hey, uh, <laughs> okay. it's, been, it's been great talking to you. <laughs> it's great to talking to you too, hard. always. Yeah. I was surprised you even chose me. <laughs> Uh, hey, that was the wheel of names. I love that thing. Yeah. Otherwise, it's like, hmm, who do I choose? Yeah. So, yeah. The wheel of names okay. picked you. The, the, you don't always pick you. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Great. Okay. Love it. Love it. Love it. Uh, thank you, sir. All right. Uh, All right. So. All right, folks. So let's see. Um, pretty good being into the webinar. Oh, that's two hours. Yeah, we're good. We're good. Um, I'm wondering if we should switch gears a bit and maybe go from some of the Q&A. Okay, uh, let me take some quick ones. Uh, yeah, so the first question, what is it telling now? Jesse is asking about the Barbie Consultant Program. So she's saying, is it the first 20 people? Uh, definitely not. No, not the first 20. So uh, 
so we will share more details part three and and, and guys i, I kind of shared the reason so um now if you think about it <laughs> it's kind of weird uh, so um well i i don't know m m this is what works for me so um now uh, yeah so um when i'm teaching and so forth i don't want to be focused on selling you know it's not that selling is a bad thing i think selling is a great thing selling is the way i serve you i mean all those stories you you saw or in seeing the bonus training i mean none of that would have happened if i hadn't you know kind of sold or offered my program right so selling is a good thing um and in fact is the one of the best ways you can serve others but i don't i try to avoid kind of mixing it in so uh so yeah so Part number three is we'll go through that and there will be training there. I'll teach you the five steps, but then we'll talk about, you know, kind of the program and enrollment and price and everything. We're going to give you the whole structure. So that's coming in part three. And that's the reason that why I kind of do it that way. And the, it's not going to be first come first serve because since it's a small group program, we want the right people. And I think it's the, it's from the book, Good to Great, where the author talks about what good leaders do <laughs> and i guess i'm calling myself a good leader but, but I'm, I'm learning from them right so uh, what they said is that imagine you're in a bus and and you want to go somewhere and and bad leaders they're all about like yeah let's put gas in the uh, tank and let's just go but what good leaders do is they pause and they make sure they have the right people in the right seats so yeah so so it, it's gonna be an application process that's a short answer and um, yeah, so we'll, we'll share more detail. And again, what I said was that I want you, I don't want you guys to feel, there might be some negative emotions. There might be some fear. There might be some anxiety that, oh, what if I don't get in or something like that or, or, or whatever, some, some other doubt or some other question. I'll, I'll say that, see if you can tap into the other side, right? So yeah. So like if it's the right fit, it will surely happen for me. And and the funny thing is that again, if you if you're dialed in like that, it, it, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> sorry, I'm not doing a great job uh, talking about it, but um, I wasn't quite ready. But uh, uh, yeah, yeah. So 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 yeah. Don't don't. It'll, it'll definitely it'll happen for you. You'll find yourself in the program as part of this community, and of course, then I'll be there to serve you um, to continue your journey. So that's uh, that's that one. Okay, cool. Um, oh, okay, got it, got it, got it. So this one I answered there. Uh, hmm. So Bill has a great question. He's saying, what percentage of the program members are successful? Six figures, ooh. Now that's a good question. And I could give you the answer, but there are, I have some of my own questions, which is, um, how do you define success? 
and I realized I kind of set it up. I and mean, the, the six figures thing is part of the title, and it's everywhere. But you know, I mean, we we talk about what our, our true goal is, right? So you know, this these are the values we believe in, and usually we attract people who have some overlap with these. They want to do what they love and get really good at it, make an impact. They want to create a life of freedom, right? So, so yeah. So do do you define success, your success, other success as reaching six figures? Otherwise, if I give you the answer, that wouldn't make any sense, right? I mean, give you like, oh, these percentage members succeed. And how, and even if we set it as that, even if we're making six figure, what does it mean to fail? What if they didn't reach six figures in the first year? Is that, is that a failure? You don't know what's gonna happen in the second year, right? What if, what did that first year kind of change that trajectory, right? So. You know, they were, this was a trajectory. And what if it changed the trajectory? So, yeah. So, uh, and of course, the last question that I would ask is, is that, does that metric decide your success or failure? Like, how would that inform you? Isn't your success dependent on your own actions? Whatever members went through, didn't their results tie with their actions? And I've talked about, hey, this journey is not easy, not for everyone, but it's not hard in the way you think, right? So you got to do those things. And we talk about this all the time inside our program, right? I mean, again, imposter syndrome, of course, I've talked about my own journey and, and, I joke with this and I think Greg Berg, I was joking with him on the podcast, like, hey, Greg, so you feel like an expert now? And he laughed and he said, I don't think I've ever felt like that, right? So, so yeah, so, so you got to deal with that. So, but, but think about it. So that journey, those actions, what they take. So courage is not the absence of fear. It's having all those fears and doubts. Trust me, all the courageous people look in the history. It's not like they were not scared. That would be crazy. They, they had those fears. The only difference is they still took action. So so yeah, how how does others, you know, kind of whether it's succeed or not, how does that influence or decide what's what are the results you're gonna get? Cool. So I know kind of you know answering your question with questions, but well, hopefully it helps you in some way. All right. Oh, oh gosh, the drawing. Oh, the drawing. Hey. Thank you. So how can we get the t-shirts? <laughs> there is an online shop. Actually, there's, there's, so guys, I have this whole plan and, and, and all of you are so nice, but, um, you know, I don't, I don't understand. So frankly, the, the Power BI consultant program idea was, was in my head and heart for a long time before I actually found the courage to take action. And the other plan that we have is, is, um, uh, so Robert and I have talked about it, which is basically a scholarship program. Uh, we want to call it, and, and we have run it, but, um, but we want to do it more, of course. So scholarship program, and not just that, we're also kind of thinking, kind of like, an, can we do it like an internship program? And can we tie up with companies, go to our audience and see which companies are offering internships and that sort of stuff? I think we can. And the idea was that by selling t-shirts, 
we can generate money for a scholarship program. That that is idea. That's why I did the t-shirt. So <laughs> oh there we go. So we'll put the put the link on there for you. And and right now it's not quite set up. So so again, folks, um, so of course I have gone through this journey, the mindset journey that I talked about. I'm often aware that so sometimes we have this external struggle. We we don't let's say we're trying to make more money and we're saying, man, I work hard, but it's not working. It's not working, right? I mean, you don't, you're not ending up with more money. And of course, now I have known enough to, to start looking inside, especially if you've been trying something for a while, it's not working, start looking inside and there's something you need to unlock. So of course, for me to get the courage to offer the Power BI Consultant program uh, a few years ago when we started it, uh, of course, what was in the way was the imposter syndrome, which is telling you, who are you to start this, man? You're you're, 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 you're like a one-man guy working out of a bedroom. I mean, there are these huge consulting billion-dollar companies. They should be teaching others how to be consultants, but you know, they can't teach what I'm teaching because, again, they're too far up the pyramid, right? I mean, how can they teach somebody who wants, I, I guess, yeah, I mean, you know, kind of this independent consultant, freedom of time, not necessarily more and more money. Because, and that's why we did the true goal as a first exercise. So yeah, so who realized here that, uh, you know, so the way true goal was worded was if I had all the money and 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 and, and Robert kind of, I, I loved his uh, comment to one person where Robert said that, oh, maybe you don't need all the money. Well, that, that, and that is the whole point is that understanding that, you know, whatever your true goal is, it's better to go directly for that, directly for that, and, and you can get there. So again, the life of freedom that I talk about, the four degrees of freedom, you, you don't need all the money for that. <laughs> you need very little money. I mean, yeah, I mean, definitely nothing close to what I was you know, struggling on my hamster wheel to get to. Uh, and, and the sad fact is that when, we, when I lost track of that, when I lost my true goal and I was only going for the money, is not just that I was ignoring my true goal. It was the very thing I was sacrificing. Right, guys? I mean, think about it. Think about it. Right? So it became the very thing that I was sacrificing because I was not aware. Right? So I, I just hadn't sat down and started. So, so I, I wanted my true goal is level three, but that's what I was sacrificing. I was like, you know what? Yeah, let me, yeah, let me just... And it's so backwards, so asinine, God. All right, so uh, we were doing the drawing. Okay, so I'm going to do is I'm going to find the list of people who completed the homework, and I'm going to set that up in a reel of names and do the drawing in a second. Hold on, guys. Let me go to... Just share a screen. Mm -mm -mm. Oh, <laughs> that's not it. Okay, cool. All right, all right. So let's do this. Okay, get in there, guys. Just hang on. Ooh, wow. 
man, you got. I was expecting that the list is gonna be smaller. But <laughs> I don't know why I was expecting that. No, this is good. We have closer. All right, there we go, guys. Oh, I'm excited. Okay, here we go. All right, we have a winner. So, um, yeah, I got Pawan Kumar, and I was gonna put the T-shirt uh so we're going to reach out to Pavan and and have him select the design he likes size and everything now for other folks i would say hold off on buying a t-shirt because you're going to have one more chance of winning it so hold off you know hey think positive right so um yeah you, you can have that chance there um, all right, great. I, I guess uh, I know we couldn't get through all the questions, but it feels like uh, that's a good point to end today's call. And yeah, we'll see you guys in part three. And as we talked earlier, that should be, yeah, that's going to be kind of the five, five steps. So again, you have the base now you we talked about everything that's gonna gonna hold you back we talked about the first step which a lot of people miss or mess up niching down so we're going to lay out the five steps and of course at the end of it you'll have an option totally your choice uh, we would love for some of you to join us and continue that journey inside our barbie consulting program all right guys take care we'll see you thursday yeah i'll talk to you then thanks <laughs>